boys and girls to another episode of K Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K Fave Kickflip, Mr. Wex, no longer an orphan, breaking the loss. <laughs> it's no longer a bastard. I didn't have a father. Oh, I wasn't was. an orphan. Damn it. I messed it up. No well, longer pa- I, I don't want to like, infer, infer on Pack and his gimmick, you know, so. Yeah, no longer a bastard here. Yeah, so uh, he just broke the news. I finally fucking figured out who my dad was after years of lies from my mother, and I did the own research myself, and we're here. And that's a shoot. That's not a work. That's, that's a, a shoot. shoot, baby, and I, I'm feeling great, feeling fantastic. Uh, crazy circumstances, but overall, I think it's a great thing, and uh, let's keep it moving, baby. Let's keep it moving, and also, too, celebrating... Uh, I believe it's 37 reps around the sun. Uh, very recently, Mr. Uh, the King of the, not the King, the patron saint of the Rock Block, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, how you feeling, bud? Man, I'm feeling great. It is indeed 37 trips around the sun. I'm very happy for our cohort here, Mr. Wex Lawson. I'm mm-hmm. very happy for Daniel for just being Daniel. And oh. I'm very happy to be a part of this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I've been pretty hyped, man. I mean, last week's episode, um, got a lot of traction, you know, talking about Kenny's return, um, and everything going on there in the world of professional wrestling. We got some pretty decent feedback. Uh, also, you know, the, the Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre kind happened? of vibe and the top five gimmicks. Well, uh, that got a lot of, uh, social media inter- <laughs> interaction, which hey, that got the most YouTube views out of any of our videos ever besides like a little short clip, but that got like a hundred and something views in like two or three days, which yeah. That's for our YouTube. That's a lot because our yeah. YouTube views ain't like our TikTok views. That's right. It's just because right, of Jared, right. man. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was fun. We definitely argued a lot, and I had a good time. I had a good time uh, arguing with you guys. So <laughs> I'm excited for today. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff on the list here. We're doing the top five cruiserweights or X division guys or light heavyweights or junior heavyweights or whatever you want to call them. The smaller guys. We're doing the top five cruiserweights. Of all time, usually about um, six foot and under, not much over two hundred pounds. Yeah, there you go. We got a, we got a, an, another episode of uh, Who Am I? Another edition of Who Am I? Rather, and then we're also trying a game of Would You Rather. Um, so I'm really excited about this week's episode, and there's so much meat on the bone and the news and haps around the wrestling world. So what do we got in the Kayfabe Gazette? What are the headlines here? I'll go ahead and start off with something that I just popped off right before we started a few hours ago. So last night, TMZ caught Vinnie Mac out uh, partying for his 77th birthday with John Cena and an unknown woman. Cool. That well, uh, he's he's out uh, he's out here. He's he's living his life. He doesn't he's out here drinking with uh, drinking with John, having a good time. He's uh I don't think he's really worried about what's going on in WWE at this point. Good for him. I mean, who deserves it? You could see John. It was he was there. I mean, Which, I feel a funny like thing about a uh, funny thing. You did that little hand thing. The John Cena, you can't see me, you know, is taken from, you know, Tony Yayo from G unit and in the, in the club music video, he's doing that. And I saw in an interview. He was like, yeah, man, I was on the run from the law. So I was just, that's why I was doing that. So you couldn't really see my face. And I was just like, that's the goddamn most half-assed disguise I've ever heard of my goddamn life. But, uh, yeah, keep that's it moving. So cool. Just like, uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier and, one of Jesse's favorite fucking gimmicks of all time, goddamn Double J, uh, is out of WWE Outed. as the senior VP of live events, and his roadie, old Road Dog, is taking the spot. 
Yeah, makes sense. I mean, it, I mean, honestly, it makes perfect sense. Also, too, Ryan Katz uh, getting the getting his spot back in the NXT creative world. Um, so that's the entire Road Dog podcast joining there. So I, I mean, I was actually enjoying that podcast quite a bit. Um, so I'm really hoping that that keeps going. If it doesn't, then I understand why. Um, but I enjoyed it. And honestly, dude, I see so much hate for Road Dog, like on like the internet because they're like, oh, that's so terrible. It's I mean, like, why? Like, what? What, what do you? What do you mean? Like. I, I don't I don't understand the hate for Road Dog here. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, eh. the dude like did a lot of stupid shit when he was messed up, but like that's ninety percent of the wrestlers from yeah, the but so did era. Billy like, Gunn, and people don't hate Billy Gunn yeah, near like, as bad yeah, as they I hate Road that's Dog. Exa- for no reason. That's exactly correct. It's like why, like why him and not Billy? Like it doesn't make that doesn't make any sense to me. He actually had a pretty decent run when he was doing creative at SmackDown. He had, came up with some pretty good ideas. Oh no, yeah, no Road Dog. I mean, I mean, he he knows some wrestling. He might have some bad takes, but he knows some wrestling. Like, are we really mad that DX is running WWE now? Like, are we nah. mad about that? Because y'all are we dumb. It was happening before. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And speaking of them running WWE, that's a main part that our, our boy Johnny Gargano made his return to Monday Night Raw. Even though it's been he only had a few appearances, but he made his return to WWE and super kicked Austin Theory. I think he's going to be taking the briefcase. That's what's my opinion. If I'm Triple H. Yeah, but you got to get the belts off. You got to get at least one, if not both, belts off of Roman. You can't have Roman. Roman oh no, that's gonna that'll that'll happen at some point. Maybe Clash of the Castle. Maybe something that happens soon. We'll get one of them belts off of him. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Gonna have to figure out when he can work. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so another thing in the news with WWE, they have been contacted by AEW's legal department because apparently they've been tampering with multiple contracts, contacting multiple multiple performers who were under contract with AEW trying to you know, sway their way. And I guess Tony Khan heard about more than one. They got upset about it, and they did some legal shit. I don't know if it's – okay. Now, I, I, I see this side, but I also see like – I don't know, man. This is a turning point for AEW for for a lot of reasons. I mean, WWE is getting hotter. Period. It is. It's it's undeniable. There's a momentum behind it, even in the mainstream. Like it's kind of it's pushing back up again, and that's awesome. Um, and it's it does kind of feel like AEW is starting to get snotty. Like they're starting to get to a point where it's like, I don't know. Just it's a bad. They're getting to a point where this can be a bad look if they don't handle it correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like we can get to a point where we're starting to do like 98, 99 WCW things, like talking way too much about WWE and and really trying to make like these. Because I mean, let, all right, let's be honest. If Triple H calls a guy like Chris Jericho or Christian or Matt Hardy, who's he's known forever, and been like, "Hey man, how you doing?" Whatever. Or they called him, "What's going on? How's how's life up there with without Vince? What's what's going on there?" And he's just like. Yeah, man. I mean, also, too, you know, whenever you're out of contract, just give me a call. You know, you always got a home here. Is that tampering? Is it really? I feel like this is a PR thing for Tony Khan to say. I think it's a PR thing. I don't th- I don't think that they're like, I mean, WWE is still WWE. They're not going after AEW talent. That's silly. Uh, it really is silly. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I have heard that it's a couple people who've contacted have been just pure like AEW guys who've never been to WWE. So those I can understand why he'd be a little upset. But if it's like your old friend, yeah. I don't know. Sense. Maybe. I mean, I, you're right. I, I don't know the names. And, that, and if, if it is somebody like Wardlow, I mean, that is a little bit more weird. You know, yeah, but, I'm, not, but I'm also not Wardlow, like MJF are like really the names I've heard. The thing is, I don't even think that that's weird. I think at the end of the day, what 
you got to think about how many people those folks know through their own adventures that are already a part of the WWE in some form or fashion. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to throw out two running theories here. One is the least likely, which is I think Conrad is somehow playing a part with all of this. Also, here's the one that's more likely, though. He fucking Rhodes. It's something to think about. His influence, his deal, everything that ran around on the dirt sheets about what his deal was, all of the fucking circumstances about it, anything that he may or may not have tied into his contract, and the fact that he single-handedly was the biggest news item of WWE for a very good amount of time here recently. He has made it very well known that he was a formative part of AEW. He's made it very well known that he was a formative part of all of the people that are in AEW. All of a sudden, WWE's doing fucking trios matches on Raw and SmackDown. They're beating the absolute shit out of the women's division in terms of the booking, which is crazy because before that, neither one had a great one. It's true. It seems to me like that might be a deal. Yeah. All that being said, I am hyped for AEW. Like I am liking what they're doing. I'm just saying they're they're on this. They're literally walking a fine. Like they're walking a tightrope where it's like some of this PR is like okay, Tony Tony Khan's just not having it. Like he's just telling them, yo, don't be don't be playing games. Like and that's cool. And that makes the owner look a little tougher. And that's fine. What I'm saying is if things like this continue to happen, it can turn into very much like Tony Karen instead of Tony Khan. You know what I mean? And it's like I just don't. He needs to play this very carefully. Uh, but we'll get to more AEW news. What else is on the docket? And that's pretty much it for uh, WWE-related shits, but AEW, uh, I found this out today. I don't know if you guys know that the reason Eddie Kingston hasn't been on TV recently, he's quietly been serving a suspension because he basically popped on Sammy Guevara backstage because he said some disrespectful shit and just uh, hit him and got suspended. And he's like came out and said, like, you know, I was being unprofessional. I shouldn't have done that, but uh, I had no clue. But uh, that's kind of funny because I can understand. I could see Sammy Guevara being a fucking prick that you just want to punch in the face. The documentary about AEW, when and if it folds, is going to be insanely good. Absolutely. Just going to say that. Or even Man. just the – even if they just make some documentaries about it and some backst- – I mean, you, you could there, – there's so much money there. And or if dude, it blows up. Yeah, I mean, if it if something crazy could happen, it could become this massive international brand that could re- – yeah, I mean, that you're totally right. You're totally right. But a documentary about this formative time, whew, oh, yeah. love to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, I mean, dude, and Dynamite fucking insane last night. I mean, really good. They literally, genuinely fucking shock surprised me. When oh, it was good. And dude, like we we've talked about for years, like Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. I've never been a fan of him, but dude, this last run he's been on, well booked. He, I don't like his promo was great too. Like I'm not like I've never been a big Mox guy, but. He's, he's kind of got me hooked in. I'm like, he's believable. I'm like, kind of getting into it. I'm not going to go buy his t-shirt, but I'm definitely right. enjoying what he's doing. Sure. I mean, I can, I just don't like it. Like I, I can, I can, he's a main event guy. Like I, I can, I mean, he is a main event guy. His promos are three to four out of 10. So still under, under 500, but three to four out of 10 are really good. Um, the rest of them are pretty, pretty shits, honestly. Um, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, his in the ring work is like, I, I get it. I get why people like him. I just, it's just not my cup of tea. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, oh, yeah. it's like, Same you know, here, you like, see, you know, like, I mean, 
it's it just doesn't it just doesn't resonate with me. That being said, I think this I think you're right. This last run has been booked really really well. I think they got to turn Punk heel now. Like they have oh, to turn him heel, and I think it's the best move. Like I think that was what they that's what they did. They set it up. He cut all that heelish shit on his promo, and then he gets hurt and loses really quickly. Like I don't know. I feel like that's just what's gonna happen. It makes sense, and it's like I agree with what you're saying. Like. When it comes to Mox, I've never like been a big fan, but at this point, it's like you know I ain't mad at you. Like what you're doing right now is all right. He's very well booked. I still don't like it, but he's very well yeah. booked. I I'm would not mad at rather, you, but I, I don't would rather like have anybody as sense. AEW champion than him, honestly. But he is being booked very well. He's not pissing me off anymore. He's like I'm like all right. I do wish that they would change the theme song. I get the shout out to Anita, but I just don't think that there's something that's very not. It's not like the glass breaking. It's not like the fucking Bret Hart theme. It's not like HBK. It, they're, they're, it's not that exciting. It's just, hey, you're walking through the crowd and there's this song we can pretty much ignore. Yeah, I mean, the song's 50 years old, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, like, I mean, that's that's really what it is, I think. It's that, you like, every literally everybody else that you named has, like, their own thing. Like, mm-hmm. no one else has that music but them. And I feel like AEW, it's cool, like, and especially it was very cool in the beginning when it's like, oh, all these, like, bigger songs, like, they're just using them as their entrances. But then I'm like, yeah, but then you don't have, like, a definitive song that relates to a specific wrestler every single time you hear it. And so... I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Baltimore works, I think, perfectly for Jungle Boy. In my opinion, only Jungle Boy. I don't think yeah, it works yeah. for Jurassic Express. I yeah, think. and Cult of Personality works great for Punk, and that's great, but that was also... Ten years ago, and honestly, I, mean? I like Orange Cassidy's new song he has. Oh no, I missed the Pixies one, but it is what it is. I think the other one works. I think the, the Jefferson Starship works really well. That's just I, I like the other one better. I like the other but, one. But uh, dude, like, what do you guys think? I know next week we're gonna definitely give our all-out predictions, but what do you think is gonna be the main event now that like the fucking title unification is over? <sighs> we should save it for next week, shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, I think they're probably we, gonna by next week they'll probably announce something, right? Yeah, you're probably by right. dynamite. I mean, I think no matter what, Punk costs Moxie the title. So maybe it is Jericho. I could totally see them giving the belt back to Jericho at this point. I but really Jericho could... now is actually facing Danielson. Oh yeah, that's right. Damn it. Uh, Which is uh, gonna be uh, that's gonna be a banger. Lionheart. Yeah, Lionheart versus the American Dragon. That's gonna be a banger. I'm oh, sorry. It's like, gonna be great. It's gonna it's be great. gonna be good. I think the main event's Moxley and Punk. Again? I hate to say that. I hate to say it. I really think it's a bad idea, but I think that's what they're going to roll with. So do you think, because they're going to have a casino battle royale, Punk's going to come in last, win the thing, and then go on to face him in the main event, something like that? No, he's definitely not working two matches. That's definitely okay. happening. <laughs> well, I mean, the main event was fucking sick last night. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Death Triangle versus Osprey and Aussie Open. Like... If you want to talk about just like Best thing athleticism, just I mean, literally what we're going to talk about in our top five, like that style of wrestling, like cruiserweight, super yep. juniors, like this, that's it right there. Like, it, yep. The fuck? Like, it's so, it was such a good match. Like, oh, it's, it's not everybody's good. cup of tea, but if you like that style, that it, it was so fucking good. Yeah. If you're going to do that type of thing, those are the guys to do it for sure. Like, it was a case of beer for me. I can tell you that. I fucking super enjoyed it. Yeah, my even though it was main main event, but it was my favorite match of the night. So, yeah, oh, fucking, dude. I'm they're they're definitely building all out pretty well. I'm looking forward to it. We're definitely gonna deep dive a little bit more into that next week, but I think it's about that time to swoop on over into the meat and taters. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. 
Uh, I'm really excited about it. We're going to be talking about the top five cruiserweights of all time, of all time. And since uh, Mr. Jesse Baker, the patron saint of the Rock Block, is uh, had his birthday most recently, we're going to let him kick it off here with number five. Who is the number five best cruiserweight of all time for Mr. Jesse Baker? My number five is prime time Elix Skipper. I don't oh, hate that at all. Shit. I like that. I like that quite a bit, actually. He was a very formative part of TNA existing in the first place. And look, you can watch any old footage of TNA at all. And one of the first things you see is him cage walking. Yep. The Hurricane Rana, dude. So sick. It's one of the most iconic moves of the early 2000s. He, you know, he had started out in WCW and had careers in pretty much every indie that we could possibly think about. The I'm just going to say, like. His career in TNA, I thought, was great, and I think that it could have been very promising. I am under the impression that he like went on to manage an Applebee's or something like that, as according to what I remember. But that's a shame because that motherfucker absolutely ruled. I think he was inspirational. Primetime fucking Elix Skipper, man. Yeah, wow. I mean, I don't hate that at all. I mean, definitely a pioneer, especially in the beginning stages of the X Division. Um, and the X Division, I mean, people say what they want, but it really was – it wasn't the same as the WCW Cruiserweight thing. It wasn't just an extension or copy of that. It was a very different and unique th- – it was – to me, the X Division was actually the beginning of the wrestling that we have now being the most commonplace. Like, those were the more iconic matches. And, you, I mean, I would say Elix, Elix Skipper is at least a godfather in that world. Um, that being said, that's a solid five. I mean, I honestly don't think there's so many good cruiserweights that I don't think that any of us are going to be mad with any picks at this one. Exactly. Uh, and, but, then, and there's so many different styles that yeah. different crews like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So, Wex, tell me what your number five, your number five cruiserweight of all time. Coming in at number five, uh, you mentioned him earlier on some gimmick infringement with me, but the bastard pack comes okay. in at number five for me. Yeah. And. I mean, he's literally, he's the total package. He's just, he can, he has the power. He can do the high flying. He has everything. And he's just goddamn built like a, a mini Greek God. Oh dude. It's insane. Like, it's insane. His, physique ripped, is... his the, the red arrow, the black arrow, whatever you want to call it, is just like one of the most impactful, just coolest looking moves. And yeah. he's just like probably pound for pound. One of the strongest, just most athletic people in wrestling today, not even just for the cruiser weights, but God damn, he's just so good. And his just his, his brain busters, his just so much good stuff from him. And he, he main event, just like we were talking about this week on dynamite. And he had a hell of a cruiserweight run in WWE and just dra- like dragon gate, just all over the world. Pat comes in at number five for me, the goddamn bastard and shout out to Neville, the ma- Adrian Neville, the there man that gravity forgot. There it is. Uh, yeah, I love that. I really do. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. My number five. Um, I wrestled with this, so I'm gonna do. I I'm cheating now. I'm gonna go ahead and give you my honorable mention. He would because like I wrestled with this. Um, I was gonna give my number five to Zack Saber Jr. I was gonna mm. give him the number five, but I was like I really thought about it, and Dean Malenko was kind of there too, and I was like, well, I really don't think that Zack Saber Jr. would be that way without a guy like Dean Malenko. So I feel like Dean Malenko deserves a spot a little bit more. And especially his work as an agent as well, too, because so, I know he's influencing these kind of matches now. Um, and so I think we're seeing a lot of his vision in a lot of these matches, which is very cool. 
And uh, yeah, so number five to me is Dean Malenko. He was the last good horseman. That's what I'll say. He was the last like really good horseman. And that's that's a really cool feather to have in your cap. As well as, I mean, his technical ability. It, like to me, it was like you kind of showed um, at that weight level that you could be fast, but not like acrobatic and still be a ground wrestler in an American style and not like a super technical British style as opposed to Zack Sabre Jr. But like you did American wrestling, which especially at that time was a lot slower, a lot more entertainment based, a lot more Shakespeare and like that he could keep up with the luchas, but he still kept his base in like ground, you know, American wrestling from the nineties. And he, he gave it that so real well. edge. Yeah, it was so, it was so, so good. Um, he's underrated. I think he's like, I mean, I know he's on this list for cruiserweights, but I would say he's at least in the top 10, like best ra- wrestling matches. At, like, I don't think you could, his ratio is like completion percentage as opposed to misses. I feel like a good one as opposed to a bad one. I don't, I, I, I dare you to find a really bad Dean Malenko match, you know? So yeah, number five for me, Dean Malenko. Number four, okay. Jesse, where you at? Man, number four, alarmingly similar. I will say my honorable mention was Dean Malenko. Let me go ahead and spoil that one. I wrestled with it. No pun intended. My number four is very similar and is Jerry Lynn. Ooh, Ooh I love that. That was my alternate honorable mention. So. <sighs> Jerry Lynn, obviously we all know that Jerry Lynn pioneered a not only a ton of moves, but also a ton of styles. Wrestled as Mr. JL very early on, GFW, Global Force Wrestling. I don't think that's actually the name of it. I'm going to take that one back. But That's not Global uh, Force. You're thinking of uh, – I know what you're talking about. Think about the one that was match. on ESPN in the very early 90s. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and, and then went on to WCW and then obviously ECW and then into the WWF. But, it, you know – it. it don't forget his TNA run. The TNA run was the the last thing that I was going to mention only because it was so formative, not only to the company, but to so many wrestlers that were a part of TNA. I think that it TNA's exhibition wouldn't have been what it was had it not been for the involvement of a guy like Jerry Lynn. And I seeing that single pile driver like a motherfucker, just such a fucking incredible thing. Jerry Lynn is my number four. I like that. I like that. That's a great pick. I have a really quick Jerry Lynn story. Uh, it was like WrestleMania 26 or 27. And uh, he hosted a watch party at Deja Vu. Uh, it was like, you know, remember how like, okay, so, <laughs> so, so random. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So listen, so Hooters used to have the pay-per-views, right? Yeah. And then I they stopped for a little while. It was like a year or two. They stopped and it was one of those years. So I don't, I don't even remember it for obvious reasons, but, um, yeah, we went there and he did like a trivia thing and like there were no dancers like it was at like literally I mean they were like were walking around and serving drinks and like offering dances, but there were no like no one was on stage because they tried to do it that way. And we were all just watching the show <laughs> like a bunch of marks. And so they also so they had Jerry Lynn standing out there on like the three pole stripper stage on the main stage, the old deja vu, like right off the Mumbrian. Right. And he's out there. And so he starts doing just like trivia. And he gives away, I shit you not, hang on just one second. He's giving away encyclopedias. These things. I know you can't even see it because my shit's all like 
messed up. Is it a WWE encyclopedia? You. Yes, it's. A I have one too. Is it the 08 edition? Encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like I won this from Jerry Lynn, and yeah. so like okay, so so we I stayed. The show ended at like this is back when WrestleMania was like four hours and not like eighteen, um, and so the show ended at like maybe ten thirty or eleven, and um, he was like contracted there until like three a.m. or something like that. So. Uh, there was like that really skinny smoking porch in the front of Deja Vu, like really small, tight I know, area. I know exactly smoking, right? what you're talking about. Yeah. So like they're all gone. Vu, so. Yeah, like like they're like it's it, everybody else is gone. WrestleMania is over. Everyone else has left, and like it's like a regular strip club at that point. Like people are coming in and out, and like I'm just out on the smoking porch, and he comes out there and he's like, "Yeah, man," and like he's like, "I was like, dude, I'm not trying to bother you, like, because we'd already talked. I just talked to him for like 30 minutes, like at the end." I was like, I'm not trying to bother you, man. Like, I'm just literally hanging out here because I don't think I had a car or something at that point. I was a very broke, very uh, sad individual at that point in my life. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so we hung out and, like, dude, we, I hung out with him until, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. And we just talked about wrestling. And he was the sweetest guy ever. Definitely deserves to be on the list. I absolutely love it. Wex, I would four. like to add to the story time just for one okay. second. My yeah, go ahead. Very brief. But I booked Jerry Only's version of The Misfits at Exit Inn. Uh, it, it was literally one month in the same time span of booking Danzig at Marathon. That's the oh, good nice. version. There was a big old, big old That's war. That's the good version. <laughs> big old. <laughs> I'm just saying there was a big old war between it's the so two. Creepy the way you said that. I we mean, did, Jerry only sucks. I mean, yeah. Come on now. Dude, I, I'm not saying Jerry only's great. What I am saying is that gave me my opportunity to meet Jerry Lynn outside of the wrestling realm, came into Exit Inn, and I – apparently he's very – with everybody in the Misfits. But when I pulled him aside, I was like, hey, man, I'm a huge fan. I absolutely love all of your body of work, and you're welcome to come into here until the end of time as far as I'm concerned. So Jerry only yeah. – or Jerry Lynn actually has a uh, – had his name on a plaque at what used to be the front door of the Exit Inn. Love it. I love that. He's a sweetheart of a guy. It was, yeah. uh, he's a cool fucking cat. I love that, man. I love to hear it. I love Jerry Lynn. Wex, let's keep it going, man. Who's next on the list? All right, number four for me is uh, very similar when it comes to like innovation and TNA X division and a lot of shit, and that's the Amazing Red. Oh, you're a son of a bitch, Wex. And he literally, I mean, like, he invented a lot, I mean... Yeah. Innovated, invented, and added on to all like everything from the '90s and like everything we know today. The modern day, he's just—it's insane. He was so young and so good. Like I remember seeing him at the fairgrounds. Like that was one of those like newer wrestlers for me. Like a new TNA. I was like, dude, the Amazing Red. That guy's yeah. like fucking sick. And just all of his work, like Private Party. He's trained those dudes. Like, yeah. I, I feel like he's not appreciated enough for like how much innovation and how much like he set the table for what we do and what we see today. And it comes to the cruiser weights and the way they move and some of the shit they do. It's just, I feel like he definitely doesn't get enough credit. No, I totally agree. I completely agree. Uh, yeah, actually he was my number four. So that's why I said you were a son of a bitch. Well, there uh, we go. It's rare that, that we get him in the same spot. Alike. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll kind of elaborate on that too. I mean, I think that like in the early two thousands when the asylum days were happening and we got to see amazing red, like once a week, I mean, I went, I went to, at least 85% of those tapings. I was at I went to a, a lot. lot of My them. friend uh, Casey's um, dad got free tickets all the time. And they're like, you want to go to wrestling? Yeah, everybody Hell got yeah. free tickets, man. They, were, they couldn't give those tickets away back in the day. <laughs> um, 
Apparently they could. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. But they still couldn't make it look full, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, Amazing Red, the first time you see, like, the code red ever, like, I was like, dude, especially the way he did it with such impact and velocity. And it was just so like, sick. I was like, that is probably the most innovative, but, like, also relatively safe, like, Lucha-style moves that I've seen. Like, it makes perfect sense. And it's a pretty safe flatback. You actually almost get, like, assisted. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 genius. Like when you see guys like Ricky Morton do it and like Gold Dust do it, it's like, man, like not only are you like an impressive, amazingly fast, super sharp, great technically, great as a flyer wrestler, but you also innovated a wrestling move that people could just do. Like and, and that's, everybody does a code red these days. Yes. It's like a common yeah. it's like how the DDT yeah. that's when you know you made, yeah, to a yeah, regular yeah, move. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, you got Jake the Snake, you got Shawn Michaels, you got Amazing Red, and every you know what I'm saying. Like that's you're, you're when you when you've when you've entered that echelon, like you made a move that is used in everybody's move set because it's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, good for you, Petey Williams. Everybody uses a damn destroyer now too. Yeah, like everybody. he deserves to be in there. So like, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Amazing Red, my number four. I love it. Are we getting to the bronze? Are we going bronze number medal three, here, guys? The bronze, bronze. Medal? Jesse Baker. Who is your bronze medal here? My bronze medal, going to piss everybody off, I'm sure, like I normally do, which is going to be Ray Mysterio Jr. Oh, no, that's 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 very solid. It's low. It's low in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, it, is low. it is low. But the more that I had to think about this, the more I had to consider everyone else's involvement in everyone else's career, not, like what we talked yeah. about. But I am I'm going to say. That is my bronze. There's no need to expand on why Rey Mysterio Jr. makes this list, obviously. Yeah. Oh, no. Halloween Havoc 96. I mean. Alone. <laughs> if it, that was, it, if it, he just died after that, that would be like, like that, sure. that alone is like. Uh, Legend yeah. status. Yeah. It's uh, I, it, obviously Rey innovated a ton of things and uh, uh, just paved the way for a lot of people. But uh, that is my number three. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm not, not mad at that That's at all. I'm not mad at that at all. He's he's uh he's very close there for me as well. Um but yeah, he's 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 number 2 for me. Uh, Ooh, so okay. so number I'll go ahead and give you my number 3. Uh my number 3, I don't think that uh gets enough love. I think he's one of the first ever light heavyweights that really like sparked the conversation of speed being more important or a a, a benefiting factor. I bet you mean um, you got the same number 3. I'm calling it. Let's go ahead and say it though. Dynamite kid. No, oh, okay, never mind. The Dynamite Kid is number three. That's a, a good a one. Fantastic pick. I think that I, don't, pick. I really don't think that. I mean, a lot of like like very deep technical wrestling combined with the speed and like the heavy bumps. Even though back then they were like shoot bumps because nobody knew how to took the take those things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I mean, he. I feel like he definitely innovated it. I mean, I think that he influenced he influenced a lot of Japanese wrestling because if you look at Japanese wrestling prior to, if you look at it late seventies, late seventies, because he went there in eighty. So like, if you look at it in late seventies, it was a lot of big man stuff. It was very still stiff, but it wasn't as as many suplexes and as many holds. As, as it became after Dynamite Kid was there. He had an amazing run in Japan. I mean, like, he's an absolute legend there for sure. That's and what he's he sh- that's what he's known for. He's Japan. a legend everywhere. But, I mean, well, no, I, I mean, I would argue that the commercial wrestling fan here would know Dynamite Kid as one of the British Bulldogs yeah. if they know him at all. Um, or they might know some Calgary stuff, which was also really great. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, 
Dynamite Kid to me is the first real cruiserweight that made them like viable, not only in their division, but viable, like viable as a, an opponent, period. Dynamite Kid was not someone okay. to be messed around with. And like, I think that he des- definitely deserves to be in the standing on some kind of step at number three. So Dynamite Kid for me. I'm curious, okay. Wexley, what is your number three? My number three is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. He always has been ever since I first started watching wrestling, and that's uh, Sean Waltman, X-Pac. Okay. I like that. I like he, that a lot. He was the first, like, smaller type dude that, like, I saw that was pretty badass. Yeah. You know, he, he did, like, you know, like, the more martial arts type stuff. I mean, the match against fucking Razor with the the moon, I mean, the moonsault, like, it's just so memorable. And just everything about him. He was just the first guy, like like I said, that I just saw that was like smaller but still did some cool shit. Yeah. And he was just bad. I mean, he had badass and he and he and he still had the charisma. Because a lot of these cruiserweights that we talk about, like a dynamite kid, like Dean Malenko, you know, the charisma of a rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sean Wallman, he 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 had the whole package there and just he, yeah. he's so cool. Lots of energy, cool terrible shit. promo, but lots of energy. Lots oh, no, exactly. Of energy. His, his, I'm saying, like, he might be not a good promo, but his charisma is off the fucking charts. And yeah. I'll never forget my favorite WWF attitude for N64. I would always pick him. And the beginning of the game, the wrestlers would do this. They would say yeah. something to each other. And he'd say, your ass is grass, and I'm going to smoke it. And yeah. ever since I was, like, eight years old, I've, I've, I've went by that motto. <laughs> I love it. Jesse Baker, your silver medal. Well, I have to change my bronze. Now it's Wex. Wait, what? Now it's oh, Wexley. My, my third favorite cruiserweight now is Wex breaking the losses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. My second, AJ Styles. Okay. The I understand that he broke the mold, and went on to become not what we would consider to be a light heavyweight, not what we consider to be a cru- cruiserweight or anything like that. But you want to talk about formative people from the X division yeah. and how that began? Yeah. You have to count AJ. Oh, uh, yes. Dude, the absolutely. spiral tap, the, the styles clash, so many yeah. innovative sh- – like, goddamn. It's, it's changed the general style of wrestling in my opinion. He For has sure. done a lot of formative things. I'm going to go AJ Silver Medal. All right. Wow. Well, damn. Wow. My uh, my Silver Medal was al- already uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean, I think that's that's very clear here. I mean, there, to me, like, uh, I mean, he was the first real cruiserweight to be a world champion, in my opinion. I mean, he did it before. I mean, I know uh, that we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get into that once we get to my number one, once we get there. But uh, are we ready for number two for me then? Yeah, what's your number two? So my number two, I talked about him last week also, and that's fucking Jushin Thunder Liger. He okay. is the, like, he's one of the original cruiserweights. I know Dynamite Kid also, but... And during the same time period, he yeah. was in Mexico, yeah. like inventing half the shit that like even Lucha Libre guys do today, like the shooting star press. Yeah. That's like one of the most classic Lucha moves. He invented that. And I talked about it last week. Like he like, you know, he changed his style. Like once he got older after his brain tumor and started like doing that more Dean Malenko heavy mat based wrestling stuff. And yeah. he's he's done it all. He's the ultimate original innovator. Like, you can't literally ask a single wrestler that doesn't just like love Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. I, mean, I got him I got him tattooed here on my arm. 
y'all can see that. I got him tattooed there, there on his arm. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's amazing. I, we talked about his gimmick and character last week, but his innovation when it comes to like cruiserweights, super juniors, whatever you want to call it, like he's the guy. And there's, there's no denying that he's, he's undeniable and he's just fucking amazing. I don't know how many more great things I can say about the man, but I wish I would have got to meet him when he came to Nashville for that uh, ROH thing, but I didn't get to go. It's yeah. when I was also broken poor like you when you met Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Makes sense. It makes perfect sense. We've all been there. Um, yeah. The struggle is real. Uh, yeah. Real. So uh, number one, your number one overall, Jesse. Who is it? My number one, Sean Waltman. Oh. Okay. That, I like one, that. Sean Waltman. I love that. You don't hear anyone talk about using a wrestler as a litmus test. The amount of times that you hear people talk about using Sean Waltman as a litmus test. Every single person says, if we needed to know whether somebody could go, we use Sean Waltman. True. You also look at the gimmick changes. You look at everything that that dude did in terms of the innovation as what was considered at the time a small guy. I think that if you put Sean Waltman in the scenario now, I'm not sure you would consider him a small guy. But you're talking about a ton of different moves, a ton of different things, a ton of different personalities. It's been said many, many, many times by Eric Bischoff that he was an important part of lending credibility to the idea of the NWO, just culturally. Yeah. Which goes way, way beyond any of the rest of it. Yeah. Hey, dude, those I, six ball t-shirts were so popular. Massive. They were dude, massive, yeah. I used to draw them on myself because I couldn't afford them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going back to being a broke asshole. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's just the truth. It, I, I'm just saying, Sean Waltman, to me, all of that factor into wrestling. Now, I hate the fact that that I use, but that's the only knock I can make on him. And honestly, I think he was the embodiment of DX for me. Even though Triple H and Shawn Michaels started it, he always had the green and black gear. And when I think of DX, I think of that dude. Like, he had the best suck at entrance, too. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it jumps up to the third one. Dude, it's so cool. Like, so just, fucking it, sick. It, it, yeah. It, it, he made me want I wore neon green bandanas for years skateboarding because of him. Yeah, I'm just saying that's that's my my numero uno. Yeah, actually, yeah, gold medal. That's that's awesome. I don't think anybody's going to be mad at that. Um, I think that my gold is actually going to surprise pretty much everybody here. Um, I think that the person that is okay. So to me, and this is this is I'm going to lay the foundation for why he's my number one, right? So the um, the cruiserweight division kind of became the standard of like wrestling. You know what I mean? You got guys like. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins, uh, Kenny Omega, like they, they all wrestled kind of that way now, even in, on the heavyweight level. Like a main event level is what we would have called X Division or Cruiserweight 10 or 20 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. I would say the guy that changed the game to make the Cruiserweight, like, made the Cruiserweight division a new Cruiserweight division that only guys that kind of size can really do perfectly uh, with the same speed is a Japanese guy. And I'm I'm gonna say that Kota Ibushi to me is the greatest cruiserweight of all time. I think he is literally the greatest cruiserweight of all time. Um, I think that 
the charisma that he has on the mic as well is a rock level in Japan. So like you can't you can I mean I can like that dude is that dude is in, like I mean if you are Japanese and don't like wrestling, you know who Kota Ibushi is. Like he he is he is a uh, I mean, I won't say like a John Cena, but a Rey Mysterio. He's a Rey Mysterio for them. I mean, he's the new Tiger Mask. You know, like I mean, he's got – he has so much in that specific division, and he's had opportunities to move up and do other things, and he kind of has, but he always kind of returns back to that junior side. And I think that it's – you know, some people will say, well, well, he couldn't ha- – I don't think that's what it is. I think that he is so innovative – that he just wants to keep creating new things. I mean, the matches that he has with like a doll that are amazing cruiserweight matches with a limp literal pillow with arms. Like it's super. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can say what you want, but that's what cruiserweight is. It's just speed. It's just speed and momentum and action constantly. It's spot after spot, false finish after false finish until the end. That's the way it's supposed to be. I don't think anybody has ever done it better than Kota Ibushi. He's my number one overall. Number one. Okay. I'm not mad at that, though. I can't be. I I respect it. I love it. Wex, where you at? Number one overall. Greatest cruiserweight of all time. (sighs) My number one, uh, we kind of mentioned mentioned some of his counterparts uh, earlier in this countdown. But I think the greatest cruiserweight of all time is Eddie goddamn Guerrero. Even though like later it. in his career he's mostly he was known for like he broke into the heavyweight scene. But this man was five foot seven. They bill him as five That's eight. Fair. But he was goddamn five foot seven, maybe barely over two hundred pounds. But he was the goddamn man. And like we said, Rey Mysterio, his matches against him in WCW, just hit. I would so say from O one on, even what he was a heavyweight. I would say from O one on, like he was. I mean, dude, he was at least two twenty three, twenty five. He only had a few years after that, then his career was over. So, but the those bulk were the of biggest his career, years. the bulk of his career, he was always a smaller guy. He was definitely a cruiserweight. I know what you're saying. You're gonna try to get me, but dude, I'm not his trying to get you. Malenko, like Look, when, I, was, when I frog, when I frog splashed my own carpet in my dad's apartment in Bellevue, Tennessee, it was because of Eddie Guerrero. So I cannot be mad at you about that. Pre WWE, he was one hundred percent always a cruiserweight. But even okay. in his early days of WWF, it wasn't till his after he like you know got fucked up and came it his ROH run and came back. That's kind of when he went into the more heavyweight. But really, what's a heavyweight? Rey Mysterio was a heavyweight. Like, come on now, AJ yeah, Styles. Then, okay, okay. AJ, then I can say Shawn AJ Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Come All right, on. I'll change mine to Shawn Michaels then. That I mean, I think Shawn Michaels also works for a small no. guy. See, that's what I I think we all expected that Dan was going to say Shawn Michaels. This is why I'm mad. (laughs) The reason why I'm mad is because Eddie Guerrero a thousand percent would have been on my list, but I thought that I thought he would have been disqualified because the bulk of his most popular years, he was easily 220, 225, maybe even 230. He was a big, big dude. Yes, he was about the same as Pac, both jacked but short. Yeah, I guess so. I guess Pack so. Pack is even more jacked than Eddie was. At, yeah, but he's shorter, too. Pack he's is shorter fucking too. jacked. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Dude, I, I, I'm talking I, about Mullet. I, lo- I Eddie love Eddie. Guerrero. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Eddie a pick. is the goddamn man. Like, he, yes, like until yes. this day, everybody still does his shit. Unanimous Hall day. of Famer, incredible worker. I would never argue against anything you're saying about Eddie Guerrero as a wrestler. Not one time ever. My only argument is – so Chris Jericho. Let's say Chris Jericho. He was a cruiserweight champion. 
I mean, Chris, I mean, that we, we've talked about this, like just like you said, AJ yeah, Styles totally, is not yeah, someone we think of as a cruiserweight like today yeah. or even yeah, when yeah. we're talking about X-Pac. Yeah. If he was in AEW, he's like the same size like Kenny Omega. It's just I'm talking about the history of it. Like I'm thinking about thing that I know. Mm. I mean, this isn't as controversial as my Stone Cold pick, obviously, but <laughs> Eddie Guerrero was at least a fucking cruiserweight champion. Yes, he was. You're right. You're right. You're right. He was and at one I'll time a cruiserweight right now, champion. The coolest things he ever did was that goddamn reversal to the rock bottom. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh my god, it's so yeah. good. I might bust yeah. one just thinking about that. And then like all think, them Rey Mysterio yeah. matches. Fuck yeah. I mean, uh, but honestly, you hit the nail on the head with that rock reversal because it's like, dude, that move was so over and no one, had, no one had ever reversed it that way. And that's never. a fucking cruiserweight never. move. That yeah. reversal. That is yeah. a 100 percent cruiserweight move right there. Yeah. Oh, so I so agree. Good. Later in his career, he wasn't a cruiserweight, but he really wasn't a heavyweight. So, you know, I agree to disagree on that. That's fair. That's fair. You know what? Leave us a comment. Let us know. Who do you think is the greatest cruiserweight of all time? I feel like we all had pretty solid picks. X-Pac, Kota Ibushi, Eddie Guerrero. Amazing Red. Yeah, I mean, Amazing Red, AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn. Everyone was great. Yeah, Dynamite Kid. Yeah, we each throw in one honorable. We don't need to justify it. Just one each. Sure. Okay. My honorable is Jamie Noble. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. My honorable is Ray Phoenix. Ooh. For modern day, he is. My my honorable mention is is Ricochet, even though that WWE kind of ruined him. But he's like pre, a, he's like pre WWE Ricochet. Well, we all thought he was a Hall of Famer instantly. Hey, I mean, before he went to WWE, we we Puma loved him. versus Ricochet Lucha Underground, and fuck, you'll be mind blown. I mean, Osprey, he's had a long enough career. You got to throw him in that list too. He's, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so many people that are just. It's because the cruiserweight style, just like you said, is the modern version of wrestling now because yeah. people yeah. have got up to speed. It's like, you know, NBA back when Wilt Chamber was playing, he's playing a bunch of fucking postmen and plumbers and shit. Yeah, but dude was now, like seven feet tall, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. And he's playing a bunch of fucking random, unathletic white dudes. And like, yeah, now you're like it, same with all sports like NFL when they were wearing leather helmets. They weren't going as fast and hard as they are today. Like shit innovates. You got to get with the times. I, mean, I, I still pick Muggsy Bogues at NBA Jam every single fucking chance. <laughs> exactly. You can't, you can't be – we're not looking for a, a headlock takeover rest hold for 10 minutes anymore, which is cool. It's there for when you need it. But, I mean, when it comes to wrestling, the cruiserweight style, the modern style, that's what I love. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. I like old school shit for. every now and then. You know, that I like a little Mance Warner eye poke here or there, but – I still love some flippity floppers and some whippity wopples, you know? Some whippity wopples. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's a shoot right there. Just made that up. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I love it. I love it. Let's get into, uh, let's get into some who am I, man? Let's have, let's have some fun here. Let's get into some, uh, some games, the game section of our show, the game show, if you will. Let's, uh, let's play a little. Who am I? All right. Um, it's going to be really fun. This is the tag team division, right? So who so, are we? Yeah, who are we? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, who am I? But who are we? Um, yes. So uh, the parameters are they're an established tag team. Uh, I can't just be like, you know, fucking Austin and Dude Love. Like that shit is, you know, you know, it's not it's not really a tag team. I know what they want to tag. Nah, come on now. That's still not a tag team. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you guys understand the parameters here. So we're going to do. Who am I? Who are we? Tag Team Edition. Jesse, 
Give me three uh, facts, and then let's try to guess it. All right. We were once in a group with Nancy Benoit. Okay. Our theme in WWF was called The Victors. We are the first team ever to hold World Tag Team Championships in WWF, WCW, and the IWGP. Who are we? Are we currently active in the business in some type of backstage role today? No. Oh. Were we IWGP champions before or after WWF champions? I believe it was before. Okay. I do not know the answer to that question. Are we still alive? Yes. Damn. (laughs) Were we WCW champions in the 2000s? No. Okay. Oh, fuck. Did we ever work for ECW? One did. Mm. But only once. Um, one did, but only once. Are we from America? Yes. Oh, shit. Mm, fuck. Uh, I'll, go I'll ahead give you one guess. additional clue if you allow a one of us. Okay, one of us, yeah. Give me a one of us clue. Okay. One of I us. I would guess. So. One of a. Uh, do you want to do that first, or? Yeah, I'll go and take the guess first, just okay. to do it. It's a long shot, but is the miracle violence connection? No. One of us. WCW Triple Crown champion. WCW Triple Crown. Uh, Jesus. One of us also appeared on the program Charmed. Jeez. Damn, this is deep. Yeah, bro. Like, I feel like you're giving us so much, and I got nothing, man. Uh, I don't have a single one. and the Harlem Heat. No. You're close. This Booker T, was, he's a good guy. Fuck. 90s. Fuck. It's, it's it's not Benoit and nope. Okay, so I have one more. I have one more guess. Didn't recognize the victors, but yeah. Got one more guess. Was it the Nasty Boys? Nope. That's it. That's it for me. I'm the out. Victors. One of them cannot do math. Oh my God! Steiner I know brothers. it now. The Steiners. Oh, yeah. God damn it. All right. Okay. <laughs> One of them cannot do math. <laughs> I love that that was the kicker. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. That's so God good. damn it. The Steiners. All right. Cool. Well, hopefully uh, you guys all got that way before we did and you were just screaming at your screen. But um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys mine. Okay. Are you ready? All right. We are. One time NWA World Tag Team Champions. We are one-time WWF Tag Team Champions. 
We are still active today. Who are we? Did we adopt another tag team's name? No. Do we both work for WWE? No. Was our NWA championship run during the heyday of the NWA or later on? Later on. No? Okay. Does one of us have a lazy eye? No. Do either of us still wrestle for TNA? Or Impact? No. Okay. Because that's where the that's where the NWA title run had to have come, I'm guessing. I already asked my three questions, or else I would ask one more to back up Wex's question. All right, question. I'm going to give you a last lifeline. We're, we're a 90s legendary tag team. One-time NWA, one-time WWF. One guess, the Brain Busters. No. But the NWA. Still active today, too. That was one of my facts. Still active today. But everybody I'm thinking of can't be just a one like everybody I'm thinking of is not a one time on either company. Fuck. Last lifeline. I, I, I haven't asked my last question. Are they active in America? Yes. Legendary in the video game era, specifically later nineties tag team. Maybe legendary is the wrong word. Very well known. Very well known. It's very hard. You said NWA and one time WWF. Short run too. I mean, I've asked all my questions. I haven't. I need. I got one more guess. This is really tough. Honestly, Are I we really the body Donnas. No. Potty We're like road warriors. No. Cool. The last That's last time hurting. we were in WWE was like 2017, 2018. This is really stumping me. I give up. Very well known in the 90s. Only one time tag team champions with a short run. Mosh and Thrasher, the headbangers. God damn it. That was Mm, that was I was thinking that was like when I was like was it Mosh and Thrash but I didn't know they had that NWA tag title run they did they had the title well if it was title. what you were thinking why the fuck didn't you say it because I wasn't sure that's why was indeed Man. indeed that was Mr. A good Wex breaking Lawson alright so starting out we are six time WWE world tag team champions okay we both have multiple family members in the business. Okay. And we are both still integral parts of the business today. Are we both still alive? Yes, because we're both part of the integral parts of the business today. Be integral without being alive. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Are either one of us still active in the ring? Yes. Are both of us still active in the ring? Mm, no. Six-time WWF champions is what you said? Mm-hmm. The Dudleys? Not the Dudleys. 
that's where I was going to. Hmm. Run me through those facts one more time, please. Six-time world tag champions. Both have multiple family members in the business, okay. and both are still integral parts of the business today. Okay. Both have multiple family members in the business. Mm -hmm. okay. Integral parts today. Are we both assigned male at birth? <laughs> yes, we're both assigned male at birth. Six-time champion. Are you making Tyler Rex jokes? Is that what keeps happening? So I don't, I don't know where you're going no. with this, but six-time champions. My goodness. Both have multiple family members in the business. Is it? Uh, it's not Ray and Eddie. It's not Ray and Eddie, but Eddie's dead. So. Oh yeah, both still alive. Damn it. Okay. And they weren't like a real tag team. They were like a make. Sh you know. uh, they won the tag titles like more than once. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think of them as a tag team. You know. That's okay. That's fair. Uh, multiple family members. Like more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That means okay. more than one. This is my third question. Okay. Never mind. I'm not even gonna ask it. I still got one question left. Um, I'm capping out, man. I, was I, I were, were we active as a tag team? Was our heyday in the 80s or the 90s? 90s. Multiple family members in the business. Six-time tag team mm -hmm. champions. Five-time WWE World Tag Team Champions and one-time WWE Tag Team Champions, if that helps. Motherfucker, you changed your fact just now. No, that's, no, you, you know how like they do. They're still six-time world tag champions, but you know they make specifically the. You know they change the names of the titles. You know I'm I'm not changing my facts. Like world champions, members in the business, and they're that many-time tag team champions. Mm -hmm. It's not Edge and Christian. It's not the Hardys. It's not Dudley's. Clearly, I already guessed them. It's not. So you got. It's not Eddie and Chavo. Um, Any guesses, Jesse? Knows best. No, they weren't on. <laughs> I already guessed the nasties earlier, but no, nah, they were. They were not on integral, Hogan knows best. Integral parts and had multiple. It said multiple tag team title runs. It's really messing me up. Ah, uh, man. Um, y'all are gonna, y'all are gonna lose it when I tell one you. One time WWE champion. Okay, this is my last question. Last question. How? How? Okay. It's supposed to be a yes or no question. Yeah, I know. Okay, so hang on. I'm trying to phrase it in a yes or no way. Are we Vince and Shane McMahon? No, you're not Vince and Shane. Was it more than ten years between title run, tag title? Yes. Hmm. Am I the New Age Outlaws? You are the New Age. There Outlaws. we go. Let's go. Let's go. That that was that was organic, guys. That was natural. I was honest in my questions. I really processed that. I feel like, man, I, I'm high right now. I'm high because you I'm were really so high. close. You're like naming all their other counterparts. I, I was like, y'all are Six so times. fucking close. And when you said one time WWE, I was like, I thought you were thinking like I was thinking like, oh, they were around from like '99 to like 2002, and like you know what I mean, like right yeah. when the change happened. But then I thought, like, was that distant? And I, I knew that if I was a long distance and then there were WWE champions, it had to be New Age Outlaws. Multiple family members. I was thinking, like, dads and brothers. But then I was like, ooh, maybe it's sons. Exactly. And I was like, oh, it's got to be. Exactly. Good. Well done, Wax. Well done. You. Well done, guy. All of us. Well done. We did a great job.
Lots of really good tag teams there. Um, I'm very excited. We're going to play one last game before we get out of here. It's a little, so this one's going to be more on the nose. We're talking about what's going on right now. There's a big consensus on the internet about, uh, you know, the hangman page situation, CM Punk is CM Punk, like a really good entertainer, but kind of a piece of shit human, which a lot of people are thinking, or is everybody wrong and it's just politics and it's just wrestling and we're all getting worked and blah, blah, blah. So this is what we're going to do today. You have $1 billion and you are going to start your own promotion. The sky is the limit. You can have either CM Punk or this person. You tell me if you pick CM Punk or if you pick this person. Are you guys ready? We're going to do 10 people. You ready? Yeah. So CM Punk or Adam Cole, Jesse? CM Punk. Wix. I'm going Adam Cole. I am also going Adam Cole. So that's one. All right. CM Punk or Seth Rollins? Jesse. Seth Rollins. Okay. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Going Seth Rollins, unanimous Seth. here. Unanimous here. Okay. Yeah. This one is going to be a little, little controversial because you're starting a company, right? Mm-hmm. CM Punk or Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I'm going Lesnar. Name value alone. I'm going CM Punk on this one, oddly. I'm going CM Punk on this one. Um, okay. CM Punk or Kenny Omega? Jesse. CM Punk. Omega. 100%. I am also going Omega. Okay. CM Punk or Charlotte Flair? Charlotte Flair. I don't know. That's a tough one. I'm going to go Punk on that one. I'm going Charlotte Flair. Going Charlotte Flair on that one. Okay. CM Punk or MJF? MJF. Yeah, MJF for sure, because he's the fucking future. Like MJF, no doubt. CM Punk or Roman Reigns? CM Punk. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Definitely. No Never doubt. thought I would think that, but I'm I mean it's Roman Reigns. He's yeah, come on now. CM Punk's he only got a few years left in him. I agree. I agree fully. CM Punk, Curveball, or Jungle Boy? Jungle Boy. Yeah, yeah, Jungle. 100%. CM Punk. Jungle Jack. CM Punk. Um, okay. CM Punk or Bianca Belair? Bianca. Yeah, Bianca. Because if it was like Bianca versus Charlotte, I didn't take Charlotte. Yeah, I'm going Bianca. Love it. I love that. I love that. Okay. Are you not going to yourself? No, I said Bianca. Okay. Last right. one for me. Last Number one? Number 10. CM Punk or John Cena? John fucking Cena. Ooh, I don't know. That's a tough one, but when it comes down to it, I think I'm going to go John Cena also. Like, Punk's kind of a turd. John Cena, and I'm stretching it there because he's not – He's not active. I mean, we're acting like he's active. He's on TV. He does want. He's going to do more matches. That will happen. Don't. I mean, mark my words. It will happen. Um, What's the difference not, between that and CM Punk? Uh, <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, well, I'm going to say Lesnar this now. There, right? I think hot Shit, take. Roman I think Reigns John Cena is just as good, maybe even better than CM Punk in the ring. Oh, I would easily. No, like, like zero after doubt. the U.S. title open challenges, like zero John Cena made me a believer. Zero doubt. 
John Cena, I, I, I would pick him in the ring and on the mic over CM Punk today. No questions asked. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think because I used to hate fucking Cena, but I've learned to appreciate him. And Punk, I was never like, I love CM Punk. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's pretty cool. But I was just crazy for me to, me to go John Cena over anybody, to be honest. But I, I had some I hatred I personally have him. never had an, a great, a good interaction with CM Punk. I'd, I've never known many people to have ever had a really pleasant interaction with him as a person. And... I don't know. I I mean, just a little bit more on this like current situation. I'm a thousand percent team Adam Page here. I genuinely oh, yes, think dude, that CM too. Punk is a really good shit talker. I think he's an average at best wrestler, and I think that I think he's a piece of shit human. I do genuinely believe that. I think he's a very massive narcissist. I think he's a Bret Hart of of this era. He is. Yes. He but he's better on the mic than he is in the ring. That's the flip of of Bret. He's much better on the mic than he is in the ring. He, I would argue that he's a top 10 best on the mic of all time, though. In the ring, he's not in the top 50. Um, and Dude, CM I think Punk as a person, matches have to, they have nothing to have is that his like, fault. big story for you to care. Nothing if is CM Punk's fault. there's not that like, storyline, he's like you said, it's decent at best. Like, he can't, he's not a dude who can go put on like a PWG banger. Yeah. Everybody's CM out Punk to get him. He's a fucking capitalist that yes. Yes. took advantage. A thousand percent, yes. Of Vince McMahon giving him a, a certain opportunity that never would have existed were it not for John Cena. Yeah. And then took advantage of Tony Khan, giving him an opportunity to return to wrestling, and then pulled a Hogan. Yeah. And just – Yeah, straight up. Mm, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. So CM, is he Brett Hogan? Is CM, Punk, Brett CM Hogan? Punk is the Hulk Hogan for the lapsed straight edge kids. I said that's what, that's what CM Punk Hogan. is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, you want to be straight edge or whatever you want. That's cool. But a lot of the times growing up, these little straight edge dudes are fucking douchebags, assholes. Oh, yeah. Elitists. I mean, not all of them, but like growing up, you had some people who were turds. It's like vegans too. Some of them changed and got better. Yeah. Some of them grew up and matured. um, But I don't think Phil did. But so did Brett. So did Sean. So did Kevin Nash. So did a million other wrestlers. Yeah. Made and those, us fucking and, pop. And, and half of those people grew into being better people. And yep. the other half didn't. Yep. Yeah, um, that's true. Nash is a way better person. Yep. Sean is a way better person. <laughs> yeah. Brett's still about the same. Well, it was um, a very hard bar for Sean to get over to be a better person. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he's like an average asshole. And everyone's like, oh, he's so, he's so, he's so great. He's not on, he's not he's on so pills great. while he's being a dick. No, so by the way, okay. he's still an asshole for sure. I mean, he's, st- he's still Sean Michaels. I mean, don't get, don't get it twisted. He's I mean, being sure, a coherent asshole. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, now, I'm sure like – but I think, that, I think that Sean is an elitist in a group sense where it's like if you're a real wrestler and you make it past his level of respect – then he he'll treat you like great, but I think that like if you're a nor- like if you're a server at a restaurant, I bet Shawn Michaels is the fucking worst. I bet he's like the worst. Like I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I but 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 on the on the flip end, I think Phil is just an asshole to everybody, whether you're a wrestler or a server or whoever. I think that's who he is. I think he's just an asshole. Period. Like so, it's like the opposite of MJF. Like I heard MJF like not in character. You know, it's pretty cool. Oh, dude, the sweetest. But Punk is yeah. like living the gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, and Phil, and and I think you know MJF lives the gimmick like he, but but he, I think he does have a personal life, and I think that like his personal circle knows who he is and has been very open about that. But but he's done a great job of perpetuating the gimmick. Oh, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. There's like a Although difference though. There's like the wrestling gimmick, 
like being like an over the top asshole than just being just a genuine shitty guy. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what? Next week, I'm really excited about our top five. You guys ready? Yeah. The next uh, next week for top five is untapped potential. I'm calling it the top five shoulda, coulda, woulda. Okay. It's going to be the top five guys that should have been main event guys that just didn't work out. The top five Penny Hardaways, the top five Derrick yes. Roses. Yes. 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 That should have been a Hall of Famer. Top five. That maybe even still had a pretty decent career. Yeah, yeah. Just but not. weren't always top guys. Like, should have been the upper echelon. Should have been a Rock. Should have been a Hogan. Should have been an Austin. Should have been a Cena. Ended up good main Man. event run for five or six years, and they're done. You know? I already got people in my mind. Oh, God course. damn, that's a good one. Of course. Of course. And then who am I for next week? We're going to continue this cruiserweight trend. So next week's who am I is has to have been a cruiserweight or X division or light ha- light heavyweight champion or champion. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. has to be a champion, a singles champion in a lightweight division. Okay. Doesn't mean he couldn't have won a world title as well, but just like our cruiserweight have picks have also been world heavyweight champions. See? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It comes yeah. full circle. We know what I we're doing here. It really does. You know what? You can always find the show at kfabe.com on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can find us at kfabe.com pod on TikTok. We are kfabe comparisons on YouTube and Facebook. Um, you can always find your boy, Mr. Know-It-All, at Daniel Daybreak literally everywhere. Um, you know, Facebook, Zanga, LiveJournal, all those things. I'm there at Daniel Daybreak. Jesse, where can folks find you, man? They can find me at Jesse Baker Nash on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at regular old Jesse Baker over on the Facebook. And you can find me... Somewhere relatively unknown outside of that. Ooh, parts unknown, if you will. Wex, tell them where to find you, man. Your dad needs to know. As always, you can find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all of your social media platforms. And uh, the Kfabe.com pod TikTok has been getting heavy, and we finally surpassed the 200 subscribers. Let's go. The 200 200. person. Let's go. I'm going to contact you. We're going to send you something special, do something for you. And we're gonna, we'll do a little 200 subscriber, a little something coming up here soon. You know, maybe after we record our all-out predictions next week or something, we'll pop something off. All-out and Clash at the Castle next week. Where we, uh, the news will be quick and easy because I'm sure most of the news will be about those pay-per-views. And we'll just run down and give a this guy or this guy type thing. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Of course, Who Am I is also coming back uh, next week as well as... Uh, the game we just started this time. Would you rather? Would you rather have this guy or that guy? So, or, or girl or whoever. Um, it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited about it. Uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button or follow or whatever it is on your app. Give us a thumbs up and leave a review. Reviews are always good too. And if you leave us a really good review, we'll shout you out on the podcast. Uh, we'll let you almost give your own little commercial in the review if you want to. So, yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week, though. We will see you guys next week. We are out. Peace. Peace.